Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM920. I am having so much fun on today's radio show. In the second segment, we featured uh, Rena Youngblood, who is the executive director of the Computer Museum of America. I mess that up every time I say it, but not that time. And her husband, Steve, who is an avid radio listener and handles the website for the museum and also seems to like the same exact things technology-wise that I do. Show me the gaming consoles. Show me the gaming consoles. Uh, last question I asked Rena before we closed the second segment was whether, whether or not an organization like my Mind could have uh, a party or some type of event there. And the answer was we can handle almost any event. We had 450 people there for the state of Roswell address. And so I want to keep going on um, with, with this line of questioning, if we can, on the computer museum. Um, do you have any special events that are coming up, things that people should pay attention to and maybe put on their schedule now? Oh, I, I hope they will. We have our annual fundraiser, March 14th. It's called Byte, B-Y-T-E, uh, Byte 24. It is a night of cuisine, cocktails, and computers. Okay. Um, and we would love to invite more and more people. We sold out last year. It was only our second one. This is only our third because uh, we're not quite five years old yet. And so... Um, so yeah, that's a huge event coming up that we would love to have you there. And so now that's uh, we, a, that, sorry to interrupt. That's a Thursday, uh, so I assume it's in the evening. Yes. And what what time yes. is it? Um, it's going to be from six thirty to ten. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of area restaurants who do uh, bites, so you can you know get paella from one place. Uh, B I T B I T E instead of B Y T E. Yeah, you get a B I T E and B Y T E. I like that. I like that. Okay. but it's a lot of fun, and and you know it's also great if you want to buy a table to invite clients, invite family and friends. Um, so that's a terrific. We've got a great band. It's a uh, Steely Dan cover band. Ooh. Oh, they're awesome. Ooh. They're going to be so good. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we are we are actively selling tickets and sponsorships now to that. And I would assume that you can buy tickets on the website. And how sure would somebody can. get sponsorship information? Like if I wanted to buy a table, how does that work? Mm -hmm. Um, if you go to the homepage, scroll down just a little bit, you'll see a cube that says Byte, B-Y-T-E on it. You touch that and it will give you all the information you need and you can go purchase your tickets. That is so, so exciting. I am going to add that, that to my list of things to do. I will tell I, you. I think I think you'll enjoy it. And so I, that's our big one coming up. Okay. So that was top of mind. But okay. in addition to that, summer camps. We are about Ooh. to launch about 25 summer camps roughly ages 8 to 14. Uh, Battle Robots is one that sells out every year. Um, this year, I think we're adding something called Junior Adventures with AI. Um, and then one of the big ones is Make and Take Home Your Own Gaming Computer. So Whoa. that one is really, really cool. And, and how, how long do the camps last? Do they go for a number of days? Or are they just a one-day deal, a few hours? They're five days. five days. Some are all day, but most are half days. But a lot of kids will just sign up for the morning and the afternoon, and they just stay all day with us. And, so. and these types of camps, when do they start? Do they start after school is out and run through the yes, summer? Okay. Yes, I'm trying to remember. I think it's the week after Memorial okay. Day week. Um, so they run about seven weeks. Mm -hmm. We're off on July 4th that week and then it just goes through July. I love it. So those are fun and they're great and yeah, and we sell out on many of those days too. For anybody uh, who is listening who has to work all summer while their kids were off, I would assume this is a great uh, form of um, 
fun and interactive babysitting. I hate to say that, but I mean, I bet it's a great thing. I love that. So you can yeah. learn. Oh, it, it's, it is a terrific. You can come in on any given day. You might suddenly go out and see autonomous vehicles are racing down the, the hallway, you know, because the kids are out there racing the piece that they just created and what they programmed. So um, it's a lot of fun. So the summer camps, uh, we started a new program last year called Talking Tech at CMOA. Okay. Uh, this is a great, um, pretty much monthly, but it's really for many audiences. We have people who come in and talk about vintage computers. You know, someone came in and talked about the Amiga. Oh, that brought in a lot of people. But then we want to bring in people to talk about current subject matter. We've had um, some um, NASA ambassadors who come in and spoken. We do two book clubs. So I'm a huge fan of fiction, uh -huh. novels. So we did the book Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Um, and we may be doing Jurassic Park this spring. Those are some of the things we're doing. We have a kid's uh, story time called Tech Tales. Um, so the list goes on and on, but there's a lot to do. I love that. There is. I just had no idea that there was so much going on right in my backyard. If you want to find more information, again, it is computermuseumofamerica.org. I want to close out the discussion on the Computer Museum uh, by saying I assume you rely on volunteers to uh, help you get things done. And so I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that, especially for someone who wants to volunteer, looking for something to do, looking for a place to give back. My number one volunteer is is right here with us, uh, Steve uh, Youngblood. He he follows me from uh, nonprofit to nonprofit. So uh, he does manage our website. And um, I think it'd be best for him to just kind of speak for a second to some of the activities that volunteers can get involved in and really do help us out with. And then, of course, just go to our website to to find out how to become involved. Perfect. Let's do that. Well, sure. Um, and I do enjoy it. I loved putting together and building the site, now managing it. But there's opportunities for others to do the same. Uh, we do have other volunteers that will update parts of the site. And over time, hopefully there'll be more people who can do that. But there's more. There's events that, that the museum puts on and people have the opportunity to come and help set up to help guide people through the museum while they're there and, and give tours, not just during events, but even during regular uh, open hours. Uh, there's even uh, a guy that comes by, a typewriter Tom, and shows all of his typewriters. And and uh, there's another gentleman who is from IBM and spent his whole career at IBM and shows the punch card machine and gives live demos and oh, explains wow. how, it works. how the punch cards were the legacy to what today is writing, you know, code online. Mm -hmm. So you can either display technology, give tours, uh, uh, you can set things up. We even have people who come in and run wire and and set up uh, equipment um, that run the building in the museum. So there's all kinds of ways to get involved. And if you've been at a tech company before, you'll love it. If you just enjoy being around people, uh, there's a good chance that you can put a smile on people's faces and be at some place that's a, a part of our community. Um, and, and as well, it's just a good place to be. I love it's that. a good place to be. I love it. And in so many cases, people just want more connection. And maybe what maybe that's a great way to get out and just get some connection with the world that they might not otherwise have. Thank you so much to both of you for uh, being on today and helping us learn so much about the Computer Museum of America. Would it be okay if we changed our discussion to something different for just the, the last four or five minutes yeah. of this segment? Um, Absolutely. About eight years ago, maybe it was nine years ago, I am representing a seller who's selling a home in uh, Lawrenceville-ish area. And uh, there was a home inspection that took place. And um, 
the home inspection report came in and I'm having a conversation with the seller and the, the buyer was asking the seller to take some action to correct some issues that were found in the home inspection. And the seller says, yes, but we don't really need to take care of that. And I said, well, what, what, what do you mean you don't need to take care of that? I mean, it's their right to determine what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And they said, well, we heard through our doorbell, I don't know if it was a ring or whatever, we heard through our doorbell that this was just going to be something they were going to use for leverage to try to negotiate with us, but we already know that they'll move forward with the transaction even if we don't agree to do anything about it. And so it had never dawned on me that people would be snooping on the conversations that I might have. So if I am a listing agent representing a seller, the seller might very well be listening to how I'm presenting the home and texting me with some suggested corrective action to take on my next showing. Or as a buyer, you know, I would go through the home and I would want to talk to my partner about the pros and the cons of the home, but we have to be very, very careful of that. So my question for you both is twofold. Number one, have you ever thought about that being a problem in real estate? And number two, what actions would you take if you were home buyers out looking for a home to make sure that no seller heard things they did not need to hear before you made an offer on a home? Wow, that that is, I, I had never considered that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, I guess now we'll have to take it offline. I'll, I'll look at Steve and be like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about it. You know what I <laughs> think? Well, you know, oh, go ahead, Steve. Uh, you know, our, our uh, we have, we utilize Nest equipment, Google equipment in our home. Okay. And when those cameras are recording video or audio, there's a green light that comes on. So you'll know that they're active. And of course, the doorbell, we have a doorbell as well, too. And it notifies um, But I do think there ha that we do live in a world now where not only are our phones being tracked by the cell towers and their CCTV cameras out in the public. Um, yeah, even in our own homes, is it is it always ethical? Probably not. Um, I wouldn't think of of, of uh, snooping on my family. Um, I wouldn't. I just no, wouldn't because no. I might want to check and make sure everybody's okay, but I wouldn't snoop. But but that right. said, not everyone is uh, thinking that way, and I do think there's probably. Uh, uh, some ethics involved, particularly when there's a business transaction, because, you know, in the business world, there could be secrets or there could be uh, uh, stock information or something else that could could result in problems or, or legal problems or harm. Yeah. And that's something that I think I think we need to all be concerned about. I, I think we do. So a couple of things. I did a little research. It's perfectly legal in the state of Georgia to record audio when only one of the two parties involved or one of the parties involved knows that it's being recorded but it is not legal to record video unless both parties or all parties know that they're being recorded. I have no idea if this relates to, uh, you know, inside people's homes and real estate transactions, but I would give two pieces of advice before we close out this segment. And that is number one, when you're at home, only say positive things about the house. Talk about the things you like. That's not going to give up any negotiation room and wait and talk about all the other hard things you need to talk about after you get in the car. And then for home sellers, my advice is to be careful and make sure if you're you're listening, that is something that the state of Georgia actually allows you to do. Steve and Rena, thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. We're going to take, I'll have you back sometime and I'm coming to the museum. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, it will feature our neighborhood spotlight. 
We're featuring Copper Creek in Cherokee County, and we're going to talk about whether or not a pre-approval letter is really necessary and what's happening in real estate in the Sunbelt states and how does that compare to the other states. Stick with us. We'll be back.